I can make a fake snake. You do not pee in the pool. You do you, you, you not pee in Tim Duncan. All of myself is clean. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan over over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host, Ryan Murphy, who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch the match, Ryan attempts to predict the winner, and then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of this show is twofold. First, to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches, and secondly, as a window into the mind of my co-host, he is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater d' of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, the pariah of porcupines, flying Ryan Murphy. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm pretty good. <laughs> good. I'm pretty glad. Good, yeah. I'm glad to, to, to see you fresh-faced. We were yeah. talking about what a nice day it was. Yeah, it's great. You're, 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 you've broken free of the shackles of, of polite society. Feels so much better. <laughs> I so bet you do. Better, yeah. I bet you do. Yeah. Um, so the, the porcupine thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that conversation yeah. last time? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as I was listening back to that discussion, and for anyone who missed it... I was uh, right. Well, uh, hold on. I, there's, there's some things that, uh, that I may have missed in our initial discussion, but I'll, I'll get around to that in, a, in a, just a bit. So, in our last episode, episode 28, uh, I talked about raccoon time and, and how, like, how early is too early for raccoons? Uh, you know, what, what hour would they be most active? Uh, I believe that we surmise that eh, probably around like 10-ish or so is when you start need to really kind of be on the lookout for any raccoons that happen to be lurking about. But a side portion of that conversation was how you were seemingly nonplussed about the topic of raccoons, but instead you were you 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 identified two other animals that you'd be more concerned over. One was skunks, and then the other was porcupines. Yeah, the, yeah I think there's um, the consequences could be worse. Right, with the, facing those. You, you said that. And then the skunk thing, I mean, that's self-explanatory. You'll get a little stinky. Uh, when I re-listened to it back, uh, upon review of, of the... I think there was something that, that went past me that I just wanted to clarify. And you're probably aware of this, but maybe it slipped your mind hmm. uh, during the last program. You're aware that porcupines cannot shoot their quills at people, right? Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're not a Mega Man villain. They can't just shoot their uh, projectiles I, at people. I don't think they can shoot them, but I still, they can kind of, like, inject them. If you, right? What? Right. What, is in, um, what do you mean, Like, inject? they have to, like, be forcefully, forcefully, like, placed into whatever, you know, whatever predator is, is near them. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think they just, you get, like, you touch it and you just get, they just... I'm, uh, they have some way of dislodging the quill so that the quill will stick in your hand as opposed exactly. to staying attached to exactly. the porcupine. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> but, but that also uh, means that unless you charged at the porcupine, 
Yeah. You would probably not be in any danger. Right. Which which is... Uh, but that's the same thing with, like, bees. I mean, except... <laughs> Like, like they're not gonna just like they don't necessarily go after you unless you like unless you threaten them in like a certain fashion. Okay, I don't like bees for the yeah, record. I'm a, I'm an anti bee guy. I've been stung several times, and I, I'm yeah. not a huge bee fan. Yeah, any anything with needles on it, I'm not a huge fan of. But porcupines, I would at least you know give a healthy birth to, and I think I'd be okay. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. Yeah, fearful. I don't think they shoot at you. Like <laughs> that'd be a fucking dangerous animal. Like. <laughs> Well, it sounded like that's why you were, you know, somewhat apprehensive about the porcupine before. But it sounds like that's not it. Maybe just a little bit of miscommunication last. I've time. just seen like the, you know, the the end result, not in person, just on like movies and stuff. Like, oh, if you were going to tell me that like a porcupine like <laughs> no, got you in the eye one time, no, like, like but you see, and then you have to like pull them out, you pry them out of your skin. It just looks dramatic. Like it looks sure. Kind of, I mean, I've seen like dogs with it, like in their yeah, snout, like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Sure. Homeward Bound. God, there it is again. There, that's right. That did happen yeah. to Homeward Bound, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah, it did. Okay. Can I... Okay. <laughs> here, in my mind, here are the top <laughs> either three to five. We'll see how many I can yeah. come up with. Top three to five Ryan Murphy movies. Okay? In no particular order. Uh-huh. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Homeward Bound, <laughs> Meet the Fockers, Moneyball. Um, uh, and and Brink, Brink, and Brink. You've got the Social Network, great movie. Social Network, uh huh, yep. Um, it's not a bad list. <laughs> it's not a bad list. <laughs> Do you like all those movies? Yeah. Um, uh huh. What movie did you say you've watched more than any other movie? Is it one of those? Um, I've seen Meet the Fockers a lot. Like I, th- that movie came out when I was like fourteen, and like I, I had it on DVD. Like I, I don't know right. why. Like not I, even Meet the Parents, but I saw Meet the Parents quite a few times. So like that. As but well. it just didn't. It it didn't reach the heights. It's like a Godfather one, Godfather two type of situation. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why that movie. Like I. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. But it was a good movie. I've seen it a lot of times. I mean, I can I tell know. you why. It's Barbara Streisand. Her and her dog clones. They really won your heart over, and you didn't even know it. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew like there's something about that lady I could really yeah, latch on to. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was that Dustin Hoffman gave her career performance yeah. probably better than anything else he's ever done since. Is that right? I'm not no, a big. Just oh, okay. I thought maybe around. like that was. <laughs> no, I'm not that familiar with him except no, the Fockers. So. No one says that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Like <laughs> he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, I had an idea. So one thing, and I don't think I've actually told you this. So. In fact, I may not have even actually have ever said this on the podcast before. So in addition to all of our normal streaming channels, uh, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, what else is out there? Stitcher, Amazon, Google, all the different podcast platforms. I also make a point to upload our episodes on YouTube. Um, I would prefer that you listen to one of our actual podcast platforms, but if, if you can't make it to one of those... YouTube is a viable option. I have not run into any issues with any of our YouTube uploads with the exception of one. And so that one episode, I believe it was back in, in the in the first, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one of those numbers, uh, it had a Ric Flair promo in it. And I was expecting that the WWE may flag it for like copyright grounds, which I mean, is 
with totally within their rights to do, they own all that footage. But it was not WWE. It was some sort of hip-hop rap artist who had yeah. apparently sampled this same Ric Flair promo and used it in one of their songs. And so now I can't monetize that episode because of this Ric Flair promo. <laughs> oh, shit. But what I wanted to try and do, since since that happened, that was a while ago, but but I had the idea, am I good enough of a singer to trick, to fool YouTube's algorithms to make it seem as if I'm sampling a song and so then I cannot monetize this episode on YouTube. Good try. I want to try this yeah. out. Mm. And so <clears throat> I want to sing. I'm going to sing a little bit of a song. Not the whole thing. But I'm going to sing a little bit of a song. I'm going to see. What part can they can they flag as copyright? Like, is it the lyrics? Is it the, like... Is it just the actual like taking of the? I'm assuming that they're just checking the audio file against like whatever yeah. file has already been previously up- uploaded, and then saying, "Hey, that's somebody else's." Interesting. Yes, yeah, good. That's good. But like, yeah. So I'm going to try yeah. and trick yeah. it. So I'm going to see if if I'm good enough as a singer, which whew, I'm a pretty good singer. Uh, we're going to see how how this goes right now. So <clears throat> bear with me. <laughs> I'm just going to sing a very small clip, and we're going to see if we're going to trick YouTube. Right here, right now, there is no other place I'd rather be here. I don't think it's going to work. I think it might. I, it's gonna work. I will. I will report, report back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will report back in the future. It'd be a great feat, like, if you could. If I, yeah. <laughs> next episode, maybe I'll try a different song. I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, not always going to yeah. be right here, right now, but it, it <laughs> I might if I really feel like I'm kind of honing in on I that. barely recognize it as, like, a human not that it was bad, it's just, you know, oh. I, I'm just... I mean, you're welcome to try, too. <sighs> <laughs> that seems like a no. Okay, that's fine. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode 29. And you may think of this as like, oh, man, this is just one more episode until the death match. We all just can't wait to hear the death match episode. Well, this is no filler episode, ladies and gentlemen. Not only is this not a filler episode, this is going to be the most scientific episode that we have ever released because we are expanding we are uh i'm just gonna say that we are expanding out of wrestle science into food and beverage analytics Mm. what a fascinating topic uh so with that in mind i actually did perform a little bit of science i want to just kind of get your opinion on it uh recently i was at the the grocery store and i saw uh, I was in the bakery section in the in the treats area, the the uh, Twinkies, the Hostess area, that sort of thing. One treat that I always used to love as a, as a young child. Have you ever heard of Ho Hos? Of course. Do you know what Ho Hos are? I do. Okay. Yeah. They so for anyone who doesn't know what Ho Hos are, they differ from a Ding Dong. I loved Ding Dong. Mm. I thought I was buying Ding Dongs yeah. and Ho Hos. Turns out I bought cupcakes and Ho Hos. Mm. So egg on my face. But ho-hos are the little, um, how would you describe the shape of a ho-ho? It's not a hockey puck like a ding-dong. Now I'm wondering if I'm thinking the wrong thing. Are they the longer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the longer, like, kind of, like, um, it's like an igloo, kind of, like. Sort of, yeah, like an igloo, but like, instead of, like, a circle, like a. Uh, not, but not all the way, just like the, you it's know. It's not a front. sphere. It's, it's like a elongated. Jesus, there's something, there's some shape that's like, yeah. Um, but it's flat on the bottom, and then right. it has a curved sort of top, and then it has like the two flat ends. Yeah. What the, what, what other, what, what other thing in nature exists that's the same shape as a ho-ho? It's like a shed, kind of. Like, it's like a rounded a shed. silo. 
like a silo. I don't know. Right? Anyway, it's a silo. We, we should edit and come up with a better word quicker than this. <laughs> this is, I'm a little fix, embarrassed. Fix like, it and post. It's it like in. a greenhouse. Okay. It's like a greenhouse shape. Yeah. It's like a, okay, yes. So it's like a chocolate greenhouse. It's a chocolate green. I'll go with that. It's a, it's a chocolate greenhouse. Yeah. Uh, and it's filled with like a, a chocolatey, cakey um, cake. And it also has some cream yeah. on the inside. So it's really the exact same as a ding dong, just a different shape as far as. Oh, there's two of them in a pack. There's actually, so here, here's some bullshit. No. I'm sure it's been Jesus. years for you because yeah. it had been for me. Mm-hmm. There's three in a pack, but they're much smaller than I remember nah. them being. <laughs> But um, here's what I used to do with with ho-hos and ding-dongs, for that matter. Uh, I would freeze them. Yeah, yeah. You were on that yeah. same boat? Yep. Uh, I, so I tested this out. I wanted to know, like, okay, what what are my feelings now as an adult of, of frozen ho-hos versus normal room temperature ho-hos? Mm. And I think it's the cream. The cream, when it has that sort of cold mm-hmm. coolness to mm-hmm. it, uh, really, it, it ticks all the right boxes. So frozen ho-hos are, in fact, superior to normal ho-hos. Uh, jury's still out on ding-dongs. I can't speak to that, but I, I've, uh, I, have my, I have my hypothesis ready, and I think uh, that Have you not done that? Like in the past? Not, not since I was a kid. Mm. Yeah, but not You're as an adult. You're just reevaluating as an adult. Only. Exactly. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that there were no biases. Uh, that you know, as as a truly neutral test subject, that I was able to get appropriate science data. And so, ho hos, I have confirmed better frozen. Okay. Nice. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Science bit number one. Here's a little bit more science for you. And Ryan, actually, let me. We've talked in the past about certain things that we may have heard of or experienced when we were younger, and I, I've, I'm always interested to hear kind of common myths, uh, common misconceptions that people have that they're told by by people as they're kind of growing up. So I want to hit you with this. I want to. I'm curious if this is something that you encountered when you were also, you know, growing up, peeing with a boner. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I always, I always heard you couldn't do it, right? Um, I think it's <laughs> it's kind of right, it's kind of accurate, but you can though. But you can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so in what way is it kind of right? If you, if you can, it's harder. <laughs> yeah, it's more difficult, but yeah. that doesn't so mean. I, well, I mean, it, it that, but that leans more towards what they're saying is like that's probably where they got the. The myth is because it was harder. They're like, you just can't, you know, like those things but who, snowball who, on top of themselves until, like, you know, yeah, it's a full-fledged myth. Who ex- who told you this? I think it was a you can't pee during sex. Is that that's yeah. where it kind of came from? What did you say? Like, I, you can't like you can't pee during sex, but right? But like, a sex ed thing, right? Yeah, like your yeah. urethra is only good for one thing at a time. Like, you know, Right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, so you're saying that that no one expressly told you you can't pee with a boner? They just said you can't pee during sex. I'm just. I think that's where it came from. Is okay. like, because like you can't like, you can't pee while you're you know in the in the act. So like you can't pee with a boner. Just I mean, comes. I've never tried to be fair. <laughs> during sex? Yeah, I've never tried. Yeah. So I mean, like maybe that's more science that people need to explore. I'll probably take a pass on it for the moment, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, but th- this myth has has survived and 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 thrived over years and years and years, and it's just so befuddling to me how, you know, if I'm 
in a class because like for you, I'm sure it was the same thing. But when I was a, a, in fifth grade, I remember we had to do sex ed and like it was all the boys in one class and all the girls in another and you had male teachers. And I feel like we would have all benefited there if they were just like, hey, listen, you know, you can't pee while you're having sex, but like you can definitely pee with a boner. You're just probably going to need to like shove it down so it faces the ball. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like, These are important things that they're failing. I don't think there's any reason to pee with a boner. Like I don't. I think you just kind of wait, wait it out. Like, what do you mean? You don't wake up in the morning. You're just like, huh? Yeah, but you still kind of have to like wait that out. Like by the time you get up and get to the bathroom, and like you don't have to. Yeah, but it's like more you shove it down. Yeah, you have to. You have to do. There's extra steps you have to take. Like like shoving it. Like shoving it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's me stand up in your tippy toes. I don't know. <laughs> or if you if you choose to sit, which that can get a little dicey. I guess you got to kind of like kind of like lean forward a little bit on the bowl. Yeah. No, I've I've, I've heard that though. Uh, speaking of of teachers misleading me, <laughs> mm. I'm just getting all my grievances, yeah. all my science related grievances out now. So we got ho hos, better frozen, boners. You can pee with them. Uh, third item, something else that I was told by a teacher uh, when I was a little bit younger. I want to get your opinion on it. Phil Collins, in the air tonight. I think it's a Genesis song. Have you ever heard this song before? Yeah, I I recall the name and the the song. So uh, <laughs> Mike Tyson sang it in the Hangover movie, the original mm-hmm. Hangover movie. Like do 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 do. I can feel yeah. it come. We're gonna get another YouTube algorithm. <laughs> I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yeah. Oh no. How did wh- did anyone give you a story for like what that song was about? No, no, I never really looked into it. I remember very vividly there was a teacher in seventh grade, and he like made us all shut the fuck up, and he put this song on in music class, and he made us all just listen to it. So we're sitting there for like three and a half, four minutes, the length of the song, all just listening to Phil Collins just singing his little heart out. Mm -hmm. And after the song ends, he looks at each and every one of us. He's like, that song was written about a woman who was drowning. And he was a little kid, and he's watching this woman drown, and he tried to get this man's attention. And the man just went over, and he uh, called the police rather than saving the woman herself. And guess what? The woman drowned. And so then, years later, Phil Collins wrote this song, and he got that guy, he got him a front row ticket, and he sang that song right at that guy. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was all bullshit, though. Oh. It wasn't even the real fucking story. Mm. My seventh grade fucking teacher, Mr. Bradley, if you're out there, Mr. Bradley, you need to fucking fact check and verify shit before you just spout nothing. Why nonsense. do you think he told you that? Was Do you think he was just, like he thought that was what it actually was? I like, think that he thought it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this was... How old was he? Oh gosh, he probably. It's always a hard question. Like, mm-hmm. like you would have been in seventh grade. How old is this person? Probably like mid to late thirties, maybe early forties at the time. So he would have like absolutely been. Yeah, he would have been the prime Ryan yeah. of the eighties, just you know <laughs> doing all the coke and enjoying living it up. Yeah, yeah, enjoying his best years. I it, and just getting into those like backstories behind songs, like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. that sounds like a late thirties, like early forties. Right. Like I'm gonna be a music teacher. And I'm gonna change the world. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna teach some fucking kids. Like these you know. kids are gonna learn how to play the oboe better than anybody. <laughs> and people, I mean, that's. 
like honestly like if i heard that right now if you just told i'd probably believe it i'd be like oh shit like oh we absolutely bought it yeah so that's <laughs> probably let a bunch of seventh graders go like yeah. it's gonna spread for a long time either yeah. i mean i would actually i would appreciate it more if he knew that the whole thing was bullshit the whole time that he may be like that would have yeah. been better yeah yeah i would have appreciated yeah. that mm-hmm. do you have any any comparable any things uh similar to that maybe where you can recall teachers that you had growing up where there was just misinformation or just wacky wacky teacher stories no uh, my dad when i was really little told me that like when you go through a drive-through there's little people in the first box that you talk to <laughs> um and i believe okay. that for a long time yeah, like sure there's just little people in there that yeah. worked that was why would my dad lie to me yeah no <laughs> yeah every time we went through like right just play it up <laughs> so you gotta shout real loud so the little people will understand you yeah <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I uh, I'm sure teachers probably did as well. I can't recall like um, without giving away names. What are some wacky ass stories from your youth, uh, like junior high, high school, or like maybe rumors about people that were totally unsubstantiated, but like you took it as gospel? I will give you an example. So there was a guy that I went to uh, that I went to junior high school with. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but he was apparently caught jerking off to a National Geographic magazine in the library, like one of the ones featuring like an African tribe. <laughs> this is the story that went around yeah. in in uh, in my grade, and so like for the literally for the duration of of high school and for the latter part of junior high, like that was the guy that jerked off in the library in the school library. Uh, after hours to a National Geographic magazine. And I remember, like, I oh, that's always what I thought. And even to this day, if you were to say that guy's name to me, that's the first thing that would pop into my brain. Fuck. I, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, slanderous kind of stuff, like, around, like, just junior high girls, like, being, like, just kind of the typical, like, just she's like, banging, like, 15 dudes. Okay, like, sure. Yeah, right. I, but I, I, like, I'm, I, like, specifically, like, I, I can't. I remember there was a girl that that everyone claimed was having sex with one of the teachers. Oh, is that a, mm, which like interesting? Could, <laughs> could have been yeah. true, but especially I mean, especially with what we know now. But like, suppose I don't think it was true. But I remember that was another big rumor. And gosh, that would have also been in seventh grade. Seventh grade was a salacious time. Yeah, here in the greater Bothell area. Is that is that where we went to middle mm-hmm. school? Yeah, mm-hmm. Sky, um, Skyview Junior High went out in the sticks. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, I guess people kept it a little bit more low profile out, yeah, out there. Centennial, <laughs> centennial Good times. Yeah, I know you're a big roller skating, rollerblading fan. Yeah, not that you do it anymore. Your ankles can't take it. Yes. Do you, quick? Do you still have the blades? Of course I do. You haven't haven't sold them. We're still entertaining offers, Markomaniacs. By the way, any oh, reasonable? Have offer, we gotten we, any? No, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but but I'm putting it out there now. I mean, you know, the the you never know. They're almost mint condition. They've been used one time, just a little bit of sweat. Well, maybe more than one. What do you mean? Two, three, two, probably twice. Yeah, I thought you just used them the once when you were going up and down your driveway, your neighborhood, or whatever. I took them out to Tino Trail. It did, right. Didn't last long, but they've been. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on ice skating? I'm pretty good ice skater myself. Um, Really? Yeah, I think once you can once you can rollerblade, you can ice skate. Okay. When was, when was the last time you ice skated? 
it's been a while. And please and please tell me that you own a pair of like four hundred dollar ice skates because that also seems very on brand for Ryan Murphy. Um, I was a big Mighty Ducks fan. You know, <laughs> well, who wasn't? Sure. Growing up, so um, I like once. I, I mean, I have ice skated in probably like fifteen years, but mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was pretty good when I last did it. I like, just I just went on and you just you just kind of it's the same motion. It's like riding a bike, like and then riding a motorcycle, like. Yeah, I mean, I've never done I've never done either of these things. I've never bladed. Well, actually, I've tried ice skating once, and it went very poorly. I was just the guy hugging the wall, uh, walking, like lifting each foot up, and just kind of daintily putting it back down on the ice and doing that. Yeah, I was unable to skate uh, even a little bit. Can you rollerblade at all? Like, no. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never attempted it, but I'm sure <laughs> that the answer is no. Yeah. Um, no skate, no nothing with wheels. You I just don't... have to move. Like you have to be on the edge to move forward. You just once you're moving, you're you'll find you're stay up. <laughs> what good advice? Yeah, yeah, you just have to move. You just have to, you know, keep your momentum moving forward. Okay, I mean, yeah. wait, and, and then if someone stops in front of you, then it's basically, you fall down. They just fall down. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. All right, fair enough. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get into some wrestle talk. So our match today is set in the thick of the Attitude Era. You you remember the Attitude Era. We've, oh, yeah. we've had conversations about that. Greatest time in wrestling. Greatest time in the history yeah. of wrestling. So September of 1999, to be specific, is when this all took place. This is, this is like a jump ahead, I feel. It is. It, we, okay, yeah. We have yeah. not... So we've watched some ECW stuff that's taken place at roughly this same time frame, mm-hmm. like around 97, 98, but we've never watched a WWF show um, from nice. this time period. So this will be the first one of those. So we've talked a little bit about that previously. Basically, just to summarize, the Attitude Era was a time that featured edgier, more risque content. Uh, in many cases, it would lean towards a little bit more violent and mo- more sexually suggestive material as a whole. So just to, to let it level set everyone's expectations. Now, one positive element of the Attitude Era was that many wrestlers who were a little bit lower on the card they would be featured in storylines on a, on a fairly regular basis. Like the, the people that were writing the TV show would make a point to like try and get everyone involved in some way, shape or form. It doesn't mean that everything that everyone was, in, was involved in was good, but they were at least involved in something and actively doing, uh, doing things. So in the attitude era, these wrestlers who'd been traditionally a little bit less showcased were given this content. They were given their reasons for feuds. However, some of the storylines that they were given to work with were fucking insane. There's not really any other way to put it. So enter with that in mind, the kennel from hell, which is the match that we are going to be watching here today. We selected this last week. Last, yeah. Yes, I gave you a list of a few different options yep, last right. episode, and the kennel from hell was was the choice that you made. So, um, yeah. you did this to us. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I take no responsibility. So, our first competitor in the kennel from hell, his name is Al Snow. Al was a longtime journeyman wrestler. He debuted in 1982 at the age of 19. Since that point, and remember this is back, what, what year did I say this was? 99. 99, wow, 17 years in the business at this point. Uh, since that time, Snow bounced from company to company and character to character. So some of Al Snow's former characters include the masked ninja Shinobi. Uh, he also played a character named Avatar that would come to the ring without a mask, and then he would put the mask on when he started wrestling. I don't know what the point of any of that would be. Uh, and then finally, 
He also played a character named Leaf Cassidy, which is a reference to 1970s teen heartthrobs Leaf Garrett and David Cassidy. Uh, Unsurprisingly, none of these characters managed to garner much of a following. Eventually, Snow found himself in a company called ECW. So ECW, which we've seen a couple matches from, Taz versus Bam Bam, for for example, uh, Rob Van Dam versus Bam Bam Bigelow as well. Um, ECW was known to blur the lines between real-life things and storyline things, and it was in ECW that Al Snow finally developed a character that caught fans' attentions. So while competing there in ECW, Snow began acting more erratically and he started showing signs that he was having a nervous breakdown from his years in pro wrestling uh, and his lack of success thus far. So he would show up uh, for his matches wearing remnants of his previous character's gear, sometimes multiple characters all at once, and he began talking to himself and writing Help Me Backwards in big black lettering across his forehead. Any questions so far? Was this part of the like his, his like what he was his character or was this like was he really having a break? No, it was all his character. Okay. Yeah, all yeah right. it was all his character. But like they were tapping into the fact like, hey, this guy has basically amounted to nothing in seventeen years of wrestling. <laughs> so now his he's going fucking failure, nuts yeah. like that. Yeah. Which they wouldn't have done, especially back then. Maybe they'd be more inclined to do it now. But especially back then, in the WWF they never would have done anything like that. But like this was kind of tapping into a real life thing mm-hmm. of like you could see how that could happen and sort of amplifying it you know, 10 times. So during one of these backstage segments with Al Snow, he found this mannequin head named Head. Uh, he, he would speak to the head, engaging in full heated arguments with it, and he would carry it to the ring for his matches as well. Uh, head would give Al Snow the gimmick he had been searching for, and people would chant, we want Head, and bring their own heads to shows. Now my question just sounds stupid. Okay. What's I mean, your... my previous question oh, sounds stupid oh, oh, now. Okay. Like, got it, got it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, I didn't know. Sure. Right? And... So just to give you an idea, so you can kind of see Al Snow in ECW, I do have a little clip pulled up. Those heads. Yes, those are heads. This whole thing with the head has gone too far. Like, that looks like a cool place to be. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> this is this is what I'm fucking talking about. Like. <laughs> It's like one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> Definitely in this whole podcast, but maybe ever. <laughs> what, what, what did you like so that, much about it? Those, the, I love when the fans get like, you could tell that was some real like, oh, they, yeah. they were in, that wasn't just like, just act like you're doing it while mm-hmm. they cut. They were like, they, they were, were super, so super in, and it. like on, they were on point too. Yeah, like it was it was synchronous. Like it was it was perfect. And you could tell like this is a guy again who had really not had a whole ton of success in over fifteen years. Like imagine doing something for fifteen years, which is odd. He looks like he looks like a fucking great wrestler. Like he was always like a really good technician. But that's the curse of being a, a competent pro wrestler. Sometimes if you don't like necessarily look like a star, they will just use you to 
put over people that they think are going to be more marketable. And that's kind of the role that Al Snow had more or less been settled into. I thought he looked great. Like I, I well, he was, he was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how could you not be like to be getting you, crowd responses yeah. and have a character that people are finally like, Oh shit. Like this is, this could be worth a lot of fucking money for me. Finally. Jesus, I want to go to Tampa Bay and do that with the, with the, <laughs> with the head, with the mannequin. Like that is what I want. We'll try to arrange something yeah, like that. That so, was amazing. So that's the beginnings of the Al Snow character. Now, that's ECW. Now, ECW had a lot of strengths. It had a lot of faults. But, like, the one thing that they were great at was capitalizing on these guys and, like, making sure that their strengths were highlighted above all else. And so, like, that was them taking this guy that nobody knew what to do with and, like, finally turning it into something marketable. And then, of course, because the WWF sees that, they're like, oh, well, we want him now. And, of course, they took him. So Al Snow... Um, would return to the WWF he, he with his manic character. So he's the same character, just sort of a little bit off. He has his mannequin head. Um, Al Snow then became a fixture in the WWF's hardcore division, which the hardcore division featured matches where weapons were allowed and pinfalls could take place anywhere. So essentially there's no rules in these types just of matches. Weapons. <laughs> yeah, just weapons. Any any weapons you may want, yeah. anything, any loot or plunder you can right. bring to the ring, that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, so during one of these hardcore matches, Head was taken from Al Snow's corner and a railroad spike was driven through the head. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, this led to Al Snow having another breakdown, claiming that he was hearing voices ever since Head was impaled. And you know that you can count on the WWF to give a very nuanced portrayal of mental illness. <laughs> I imagine. If nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So th- this went on for a few weeks of Al Snow hearing these voices. Uh, we, the audience, couldn't hear them, but he was you know, having these conversations with himself, etc. And, and as this was going on, Al Snow began feuding with someone named the Big Boss Man. So we actually have seen the Big Boss Man before. We actually saw him uh, just two episodes ago in episode 27, which was the 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, However, the Big Boss Man of that era was a beloved good guy representing law, order, and justice. I remember you got a little bit of a chuckle at his love of law and order. Uh, The Big Boss Man of 1999 has become evil and corrupted. He is often torturing others for for his own personal enjoyment and with that in mind, I'm actually going to show you maybe one of the most notable Big Boss Man clips mm. uh, of all time. So this is going to be a little video that takes place at the funeral. This is not real. This is all in storyline. But the funeral, no. yeah, believe it. I know you've been thrown off by this before. But. I've seen a couple of funerals so far, I think so. <laughs> We've seen uh, several weddings and a funeral. Yeah. So this is the funeral for, for a wrestler's father. That hap- they happen to be filming. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave you, I'll leave you with that. Dad, I love you. You're a good man. And everything I have in life, I've learned from you. Now, what in the hell is that? Where was this stuff kind of like aired back in the back in ninety nine? Like USA Network, like like 
pre-match. Yeah, during the show. So so Monday Night Raw yeah. is a show that happens every single Monday. It used to be two hours. Now it's three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you'd have matches. And then in between matches, you would have the announcers who are ringside kind of say like, hey, we, we got some footage from the, the big show's funeral mm-hmm. early today. Let's go ahead. Let's bring, that, yeah, let's, bring that, let's bring you that footage yeah. that, that we captured of the big boss man interrupting the big show's father's funeral. And so then they would cut to something like that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, so it would basically be like the, you know, the, the announcers are kind of the ones sherpering you through these various vignettes and, and stuff. Was that a horn on his car? Yeah, so so for anyone who didn't have the opportunity, and I will post the video for anyone curious to see it, but basically what we just saw, we saw a wrestler who was clad in an entirely leather jacket and leather pants at his father's funeral, and and then the, the big boss man shows up driving a Blues Brothers cop car with the biggest horn. Wow. It was like, imagine the Flintstones... With the brontosaurus ribs on the top of the car, it was that but a horn. <laughs> it was enormous. And so then he's like speaking, and they're acting as if he's speaking through the horn, but with a horn that big, it would be like shattering the fucking glass of the car. It's a big horn, yeah. It's an enormous horn. Yeah. No. And so then eventually the big show climbs up on top of the big boss man's car. Big boss man drives. He knocks the show off. And then boss man ties the casket to his, his blues brother's car and drives off while the wrestler uh, jumps on top of the casket briefly and then falls off. For a time, it felt like the big boss man was basically an excuse for like, what ridiculous shit can we get away with this week? That was kind of the big boss man character for a little while there. And so that was an example of that. Wasn't that ridiculous? Like, yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> just dr- driving around, t- yeah. towing a casket yeah. in your fake cop car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty typical stuff. But this is, not that things like this necessarily happen every week, but I'd say that these are the types of things that are good representations of the Attitude Era, for better or for worse. So you had some really, really good stuff, and you also had whatever you want to call that. Uh, so during one episode of, of Monday Night Raw, a distressed Al Snow was attempting to silence the voices in his head. And while he was doing this, a random Chihuahua approached him. Al Snow believed that the Chihuahua named Pepper was speaking to him and that Pepper was telling them that if he replaced head with the dog, then the voices would stop. So Al Snow began carrying Pepper with him to the matches. He would speak to Pepper. He would even use Pepper's crate as a weapon on occasion. Mm. During one of Al Snow's matches, the big boss man dog-napped Pepper, uh, drove away with the stolen pooch while Al Snow helplessly chased on foot. Uh, Eventually, the big boss man had a change of heart. He offered to return Pepper to Al Snow, under the condition that Snow meet at the boss man's hotel room. And so I will go ahead, I will play that clip for you now of the two of them meeting at the big boss man's hotel. Well, King Al Snow did go to the big boss man's hotel room earlier today. We have footage, we haven't seen it yet. It was shot earlier today, but I can tell you this, it was a happy reunion between Al Snow and his dog Pepper. Well, it's about time, that's good. Can we see it? 
just want the dog. Don't touch me, please. All right? I just you don't want have my to get hot. The, the dog's at the groomer's. I'm having you cleaned up. He's going to look nice for you. The groomer's great. He doesn't have any hair. Just have a seat. You know, I went the finest I food mask that you don't understand what that dog means to me. Yeah, I do. I, I had mean, a dog when I was a kid. I understand. I told you I can sympathize with you. Ray, if I eat the food, will that make you happy and then you can give me the dog? Oh, yeah. If you're giving me a chance, do what's right. I'll do whatever you want. Just please, just give me the dog. Oh, God. How you like it, Al? Aren't you going to have any? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a lot of it. How's it taste? Oh, well, it's not bad. Cook it yourself. Uncle Harry, a restaurant I know down in Boston, cooked it. But will you do me a favor? Try not to get one of them uh, paws stuck in your teeth. That's right, Al. 100% grade A peppers. No, no. <laughs> What's the matter, Al? Oh, uh, you don't like pepper? You don't like the way pepper tastes? I told you pepper was going to live with you for the rest of his life. <laughs> Unless you go to the poop shoot or something. Uh, understand me, Al. And I am hardcore. Pepper's a little b and you're a dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my. So, that was something. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, you called it, dude. Yeah, well. Served him some steak. <laughs> some pepper steak. Yeah. <laughs> what? The, he, because the dog bit him? Apparently. That was the reason? Yes. Yeah, the dog cooked. Yeah. After he dog-napped the dog. <laughs> After he dog-napped So he dog-napped, dog-naps the dog. Dog bites him, supposedly, and then he cooks the dog. Or that was the excuse. As, as we've seen, the big boss man's a piece of shit. So he probably doesn't even need a reason. Uh, to cook the dog besides just, you know, fucking with Al Snow. So who knows if the dog really bit him or not. Yeah, he kind of fucked him up there, too, after he ate his own dog. Like, he kind of, like, threw him around the room a little bit. So just to kind of summarize what it is that we just saw, uh, for anyone who, you know, may not have picked up on things. So Al Snow arrives at the big boss man's hotel room. Uh, boss man uh, informs Al Snow that Pepper was at the groomer and would be returning shortly. While they waited, boss man offered Snow a meal as a peace offering. And while Al Snow enjoys his dinner, the boss man revealed that the succulent steak that Snow had been savoring was, in fact, pepper steak. Uh, so he cooked and served his own dog. It didn't even look like steak. I couldn't even like tell what... Like dog food or like, kinda, like Indian food or something. Not not that they're not comparing them. I'm just saying <laughs> I like... I wasn't going to even draw that like comparison. Like curry or something is what it looked like. It did. Yeah. It, and there wasn't... I mean, granted, we saw that dog pretty briefly before that video. That seemed like a lot of food. There was. There was a lot... <laughs> No wonder he was worried about the whole, like, the paw and the dog. You know, the whole thing had to be in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of food, yeah. You don't want to waste it. No. Yeah, now, if you're going to make a nice dog curry, you don't want to waste any any little bit of that. So, the, of course, Al Snow then becomes sick, suffers a pretty brutal beating at the hands of the big boss man, and Al Snow vowed revenge. So, as a result of, actually, before I get into the next steps, anything else that you want to say about this oh, segment that we just a lot. It's a lot to take in. It was a lot. Yeah. I, today, I can't imagine that being, but 99, man. 1999. Hey, Attitude Era, bro. Yeah, exactly. Bring back the Attitude yeah, Era. Let's yeah. get some more dogs Shit. fried up. Uh, so Al Snow challenged the big boss man to the first and so far only Kennel from Hell match. So in the Kennel from Hell, there would be a steel cage attached to the ring, which is pretty standard for steel cage matches in professional wrestling. Like they'll they'll actually be like immediately outside the ropes, sort of like immediately surrounding the ring. Uh, but in addition to the steel cage, there would also be a pack of hungry Rottweilers waiting outside of the cage, ready to viciously attack anyone who came within their reach. 
Then, finally, there would be a second cage surrounding the entire ringside area. Um, So the object of this match is to escape both cages while hopefully avoiding being maimed by the Rottweilers. Intense. (laughs) So a lot going on here. Yeah. Going from, from, you know, your standard sort of one-on-one contest to all of a sudden we've got hungry dogs involved and uh, all sorts of shenanigans like that. So Bossman accepted, and in the week leading up to the match, Al Snow presided over a funeral service for Pepper, complete with a chihuahua-sized grave and tombstone. Later in the show, it was revealed that the Bossman pissed on Pepper's grave. And so that's our that's our match here today. That's... uh be tough to figure out how to root for in this one. Uh, so right now, just so you know, you are at a 17 and 17 record. So you were exactly at 500. You're on a two match losing streak. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm just I'm just setting expectations. This is a big scientific analytical show, so I want to make sure that people know about it. But that's that's the build up to this match. Yeah. Any any questions? Any thoughts before we watch this thing? I don't think so. No, I think we're. All right. Yeah. Sounds like Ryan's set. Uh, we're going to watch the Kennel from Hell match. And when we come right back from this quick commercial break, we'll give you our thoughts. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. It's Eric. And if you did not have the opportunity to check out our mini-sode, episode 28.5, to be specific, between Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader, uh, you may have missed an important announcement. Uh, that big important announcement is there is now officially hard mark merchandise we're talking t-shirts we're talking mugs we're talking leggings there's a bunch of other things that escape my memory so if you are looking to help support the hard mark podcast that would be one way that you can do so another way that you could do so maybe your closet is a little full these days maybe you consider yourself to be a fashionista which i do think that the hard mark paraphernalia would complement your garb very very well don't get me wrong But maybe that's not up your alley. Maybe your mug collection is a little full at the moment. Did you know, as a matter of fact, you can also buy us a coffee? Buy Me a Coffee operates as a bit of a tip jar type of situation, uh, helps you support the show, and don't you know it, we love our listeners, and we love when you show us love, so consider picking up a Hardmark t-shirt, checking out our Buy Me a Coffee. The link for both of those can be found on our link tree, and you can find our link tree linked through all of our social media channels, so check it out. I think that you will be very enticed by what you find there. I also wanted to let everybody know that I recently guested on Charade Inc. This is a true crime conspiracies. They talk about politics, corruption, all the things that are so salacious out there in the world today. I was featured on an episode dedicated to the wildest conspiracies in wrestling history. So we talked about all the deepest, darkest corners. We shined a light on all the things that Vince McMahon up in Titan Tower doesn't want you to know about. So check it out. You can find a link on our Instagram page. Check it out. It is on YouTube. Uh, you get to see my bright and shining face. Uh, not quite as shiny as I am right now at this moment because I am sweating very, very profusely. But check it out. Charade Inc. on YouTube again. It is linked through our Instagram page. And also, take a peek through the link tree. See if there's any Hardmark merch or buy me a coffee that you'd be interested in in helping to support the show. I appreciate it. Ryan is just over the moon with appreciation. Just trust me. You don't have to hear him say it, but you you can see it in his eyes. It's crazy. But let's get back to the episode. Thanks very much, everybody. As if two cages are not bad enough in just moments... A wild, sadistic pack 
of trained Rottweilers will be led down to the ring. Well, you see Bossman tried to find a way into the cage because, because of this right here. Here they come. A trained pack of wild dogs. But you know what? These dogs don't know right from wrong. They didn't go to school. They didn't attend any type of obedience classes. If Al Snow is in, in harm's way, those dogs could very easily bite. Wait a minute. I believe one of the dogs has just relieved himself on the way inside. Yes, indeed. One of the dogs scenting. Actual spraying in there. Marking his territory, Mick. Oh, Al no. Snow digging that post, that barbed wire post into the skull of Bossman. He's fighting back for everyone who's ever been put down. Al Snow striking a blow for anybody who's ever accidentally eaten their dog for dinner. Al Snow is a man possessed. And now Al Snow is attempting to try to find a way outside the door. But Bossman, I think, has found the best path. And that's freeing himself from the hole. Like Earth, this, wait a Snow, minute. Snow is out. Snow, Snow is, is out. There's your winner. There's your winner. Al Snow has done it. The face of a winner and the face of a loser there on the Big Boss Man. All right, we're back. <laughs> we just watched Big Boss Man versus Al Snow in a kennel from hell, and Ryan predicted accurately. He he did guess that early. Al, well, didn't get guess, early. Guess, yeah, early. Not, it, wasn't, that, it wasn't guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Thank you made you. an educated, informed decision based on science that Al Snow was going to win the match, and guess what? Al Snow won that match, so that puts you at an 18 and 17 record. That breaks your two match losing streak. You're back in the winners column, my friend. How's it feel? I mean, I expected to be here. <laughs> it feels like a locker room interview after like mm. a playoff game uh but with absolutely no stakes whatsoever <laughs> so that's good yeah. uh let's go to the notes so we started with the big boss man interview he threatened to shove a nightstick up the interviewer's ass so there's that looked like a like a huge dildo too just like the way he had it like propped up you couldn't really see that he was holding like a nightstick like a security guard or you did you mentioned that yeah. and now that i think back to it the nightstick was ridged in a dildo like fashion big black dildo like is what it looked like <laughs> <laughs> so, big black dildo just one of the things it, i took away it had dildo yeah. ridges you're right I, I didn't even pick up on that uh, then you had Al Snow interview. Boss Man is a fat son of a bitch was the main takeaway from that. Uh, Al Snow enters with his shitty hardcore title. Did you actually look at the belt that he was carrying? So the hardcore title was a a it was meant to look broken and shitty. Mm. So it was similar to the title belt that I have in in the in hedonism for right now but it was imagine most of the pieces broken off of it so it was mainly just leather with some duct tape and a few pieces of, of gold remnants so that's <laughs> duct tape there's actual it. duct tape on it's the nice hardcore touch, title like a... <laughs> i wonder if i can pull let me yeah. let me just really quickly i'll pull up uh because this was a match for the hardcore title i think what with the the pepper uh scenario that sort of it, it took yeah. a backseat to that but let's see if i can pull up a picture of the hardcore title for you um, I feel like I should have a belt with like a little duct tape on it, like right, calling matches. Like, I mean, you got to get a little over the five hundred mark for that, I think. But uh, a duct tape belt, yeah. Do, oh, okay. Oh, I, well, it's not this. a duct tape belt. The belt with duct tape on it. So there, you, there you go. See, <laughs> like across is that where the writing is? That piece of duct tape. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not like duct tape together. No, no. Well, I mean, some of it kind of is okay. actually. But yeah, it's very similar to the title that I have, but just broken and, and shitty. Yeah, you got a, quite the threshold for belts here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But um, so he's got the shitty... And you, you commented how weird Al Snow's entrance was. 
like both of them are pretty weird but yeah they were just like nonchalant like it was no big deal they kind of just walked in yeah not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance in particular the boss man's entrance he was basically just waiting for them to finish assembling the cage so it was just very anticlimactic that part was fucking awesome like the the cage drop and maybe they do this every year but like that was really nice every time they so for this match as we talked about before we watched but there's basically two cages in place there's the cage immediately surrounding the ring that's traditionally referred to as like the steel cage and then they have the larger cage on the outside of the ring that's called the hell in a cell uh, and they, they always will assemble the cell in advance and kind of lower it down mm-hmm. um, over the competitors. But, yeah, it's, it is a nice visual. And, I yeah. mean, the WWE, for all their faults, they, they their production value is pretty top-notch. You yeah. can't, you can't yeah. argue that. Uh, the cell is lowered down over the cage. Bossman enters. A bossman goes into the door, but Al Snow cuts him off. And then Al, a bossman's trapped outside of the cage when, guess what happens? The vicious Rottweilers show up. Yeah. On leashes with their owners <laughs> the whole time. like Or their handlers. I don't, yes. Yeah. That, so I actually did a little bit of research around this match. I actually watched a interview that Al Snow did talking about the backstory of like everything. Mm -hmm. And so when he was originally pitched the idea of this match, he was like, okay, like I'm willing to do it, but we need trained dogs with like one handler that is in control of like all the dogs. And instead, what we got was what? What, what number would you say? Like it was five, four, or five. Yeah, like five dogs, each with their own individual <laughs> handler. Like it really took away. They could have like used like like some like I don't know. Like it's probably a bad idea to have like even like trained dogs with one handler in there. That's probably a bad idea. Like the one dog gets kicked, and like you know that's the Rottweilers. They're not like <laughs> they're very sweet dogs, but like they can also bite. Like you know. Yeah. So overall, a bad idea. But then you'd bring in like the handlers and each one. Like it was fucking. It was. It just got worse. And, it just. It, yeah. And not to jump to the end of the match or anything, but I think one of my favorite parts of the match was when one of the handlers tripped over yeah. one of the dogs and <laughs> yeah. fell to the ground. And that was the absolute last visual of this match. Yeah. Which I thought was so appropriate. It kind of how- summed up the whole match like itself. <laughs> like yeah. It really yeah. did. It really did. Just this fat guy falling over a dog. Yeah. Oh, gave me so much joy. So after they do a lap, which I don't know why the dogs did a lap first, but then the dogs finally enter the cell. One dog immediately pissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. On camera, yep. just stopped as soon as he enters the cell, pisses, to the point where the commentators have to acknowledge the piss. I think he wanted to. Acknowledge- I think he was like pretty <laughs> fired up about that whole like part of it. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler did acknowledge, which actually, so one of the commentators was a guy that we've seen a couple times, Jerry the King Lawler. He was in the empty arena fight against Terry Funk, mm. if you remember mm-hmm. that. But he was one of the commentators. You didn't like the commentators, at least initially. Did you change your mind? Not really. Okay. Yeah. JR and King are, are fairly well regarded as far as, com- I mean, people... As you've heard in your general day-to-day life, because you hang out with so many wrestling people now, uh, the Attitude Era is a very fondly remembered era in the history of wrestling. And so for those people who really, really like the Attitude Era, JR and King are kind of like their their guys. I'm not saying they could be like that was that was them. I just didn't I didn't think this they were great in this match. The commentary wasn't like the banter wasn't there, like Okay. Like I don't know. Like how could they how could they have improved? Just better banter, or were you getting? Did I pick up that you felt that they weren't taking it seriously enough, or or did I? Is that me imagining things? 
I thought you said something about that, but I could be wrong. I don't, no, not really. I don't, okay. it just like some matches, like like it's 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 tough. Like they have to have like a certain energy coming off each other, and then like sure. they have to. I mean, the way they went about the match, I don't know. Like I it, it, almost immediately, I was like, I, I don't really like. But maybe another match <laughs> sure. could be. You know, I will fine. say that that would be a difficult match to call yeah. because the dogs are not doing anything. So you like yeah. either your credibility is shot because you're like, look at those vicious dogs, exactly. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Because then yeah. you just sound like the that's bullshit. We we can tell that that's not the case. Otherwise, you have to just shit on how ineffective the dogs are, and then you're indirectly sort of shitting on the match. So yeah. it's kind of a lose lose. But yeah. um, I agree. Not not my favorite commentary, but uh, it was what it was. Um, let's see. Dog immediately pisses. Boss man climbs the cage to escape the dogs. Uh, Al Snow started hitting the boss man's fingers with a shovel. That was that sort of got your attention when he. You you seem taken aback by the idea that, and it was a because he didn't have the it was full, like a snow shovel, yeah, yeah. When you think of a shovel, you think of the stick, which the handle of the shovel, and you think of the shovel itself. Like that's that's a shovel in entirety. This was literally just the end, the shoveling part of the shovel. The <laughs> the only other place I can think where like a handle to a shovel would be more important than actually shoveling would be like a wrestling match. <laughs> That's it. And like, you didn't have it. Like, you didn't have it. Yeah. Like, what a fucking stupid place to bring the shovel head. Yes. Unless it had to like specifically fit in that bag. That's, but even, maybe that's why. Because yeah. uh, he did have a bag. He not, brought a bag. Al Snow brought a bag of treats and goodies to use in this match with him. But bad choice, even if that was, I mean, that's just not like <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, Well, I think he was trying to hit the boss man's little fingies when the boss man was trying to climb in the, uh, in the cage. I think I was the. Was idea. he jabbing at them, or was he? I think I he was like smashing. Was smashing but I don't know what he was holding when he was smashing. He should have gone for the. J- I mean, the guy just cooked his dog. He could have like jabbed him with it, like really got. In the, you know, <laughs> it's like, true. Like, it's a lot of a lot of missteps. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so then da, 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 both men are on top of the cage. The dogs. At this point, you're already telling the dogs do not give a shit about any of this. Yeah. But the the both guys, Bossman and Snow, are dangling above them anyway. Al Snow falls to the floor. Runs away from the dogs who are not paying any attention to him and then instead of because so we saw the end of the match so the end of this match again not to jump ahead too much but al snow dropped to the floor so he exited the first cage and then he just ran out of the cell that's all that he had to do to win he kind of got it he kind of opened it from the top he he didn't even open it. A referee opened it for oh, really? him, and then he dropped down and ran. Maybe he through. couldn't find it. <laughs> he had trouble like the first five minutes finding it too. But he could have won that match within three minutes. But instead, he just like leapt on top of the side of the cell and then yeah. jumped back in from there. So it was just you had to really. Oh, you're talking about in the beginning when yeah. he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he could have yeah, just yeah. easily run yeah. out. Pointed, I, I miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you really have to suspend your disbelief uh, quite a bit to uh, actually enjoy enjoy that part of the match. But anyway, Al Snow then climbs the cage. Really, the, like the only like impressive thing in my mind. Well, maybe there were two things, but one of the only impressive things that happened in the match was the big suplex back into the ring from the top of the cage. That was a good. That was a good hit. That was yeah. yeah. It wasn't amazing. It was but just it was, a solid like yeah yeah yeah. 
So then, ba- or excuse me, Al Snow gets thrown back in the cage. Uh, they do a bunch of dog camera shots. Again, the dogs are not paying attention whatsoever to this match. <laughs> there was a bunch of uh, of hits to the face using these dinky ass sticks that mm. kept breaking. And so you saw Al Snow started bleeding, which I'm sure he bladed himself. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> none of these were like impressive hits. Like, <laughs> and then the cookie sheet to the head, which for whatever reason, I've never quite understood why in these wwf hardcore matches they used cookie sheets all the Mm. time that was probably the most common weapon used throughout 1998 1999 in these wwf hardcore matches were these fucking dollar store cookie sheets i kind of like for some reason i just get it like it just (laughs) i don't know what it is about it but like like, as a kid, like, a cookie sheet, like, you know, you make a lot of cookies, but, like, it could also be, like, a little bit of a, like, if you saw your WWE heroes, like, using it as a weapon, I might be, like, a game changer, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's what they were going for, is entice children to yeah. use this on all of your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please try this at home, children. Kind of get it, yeah. Hit all your, preferably straight out of the oven. If you can just take a cookie <laughs> yeah, sheet right out of the odd, oven yeah. and then just hit your friend right in the forehead, that would be great for us. Yeah. Um, then the thing that you oddly latched onto the most was boss man and his use of pliers slash wire cutters. I don't know why you're surprised by that. He like tried to grab his ear with the pliers and like rip it off. Uh-huh. What, didn't we make a big deal like Mike Tyson like biting an ear off? This guy brings fucking pliers to the match <laughs> and he's we? like, "Who's every we? that Society? you know boxing? Yes, you know that like that happened. Now that that was actually happened. Uh huh. But like he fucking like like. To be like, that was the thing you noticed the most is, I think, a little bit unfair. How the fuck do you not, like, he tried to rip his ear off with pliers. Yeah, but you don't see It's out it. of a horror movie. You don't see him a, do it. Come on, Eric. You could see Mike Tyson bite Evander Holyfield's ear off. Yeah, you but couldn't. I would rather get my ear bitten off than fucking <laughs> with, take some pliers and try to, like, pry it off. Like, rip it out of my skull, like... I don't know about that. I think that's a bad that, choice. Well, you could rip your whole, like, ear out of your face. Yeah, with pliers. Yeah, exactly. You, if someone bites it, you're just going to take that portion off. I don't know. There's a lot of people with bacteria in their mouth. I'm not so sure, I guess. But the, anyway. Are you, are you really not sure? Are you really you, not are sure? You asking, you're asking me to pick whether I would get my ear pliered or my ear bitten? Yes. Fuck. I guess I have to say bitten. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess I have to say, I yeah. mean, you, you, you argued me down. I, I, can't, I don't have you. a leg to Thank stand you. on here. Right. Uh, so then we have the introduction to cocaine. Was, the, the, <laughs> was that you said it was not is it was not some, some, it, it's powder just powder powder has been used for forever in professional cocaine wrestling. would have been better like it would have <laughs> i mean it doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't cocaine yeah. but they always just call it powder yeah, well, okay. <laughs> it's always just right, powder yeah. I don't, I don't, you can, in your own head cannon you can call it cocaine but yes basically boss man had some powder in his pocket he pulls it out and then he get then al snow used the powder he hit boss man's hand so it went towards his own face ah oh, bummer powdered himself <laughs> yeah. in the eye now the boss man starts bleeding after he gets hit with a dinky ass stick uh, boss man gets thrown into the cage. Al Snow started loosening one of the ring ropes, but then that went nowhere. So he tried doing that for like 10 seconds and then there was no payoff to that at all whatsoever. So I'm not sure what he was trying to do there. When I was a lifeguard, he used to have used pliers to like undo the, the lap lanes. What is that? What is a lap lane? Like when you're like the ropes the dividers, between lanes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was last time I sort of just reminded me of that a little bit. <laughs> 
you redid your kitchen. You didn't use pliers at any point for your kitchen remodel. You I mean, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't loosening ropes in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> And, and just to clarify on this, when you were a lifeguard, you were a lifeguard in an indoor pool. I mean, that's not relevant to the... <laughs> but you were, though. Technically, yes. Okay, technically. technically there was a... Got it. Yeah. Got it. So when Ryan was an indoor pool lifeguard, he uh, undid those ropes with uh, a pair of pliers. Just so we're all clear on that fact. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Al Snow starts sticking the oh my gosh this part Al Snow sticks the big boss man's hand out of the cage and he starts yelling at the dogs get him sick him and again the dogs are too busy like humping each other and sniffing each other's butts to pay any attention to the boss man and his beautiful meaty hand Uh, then boss man grabs the shovel I remember we actually rewound this bit just to kind of rewatch it Um, so I think that shovel was actually a fairly legit shovel. And I think that's why Bossman delivered, and we talked about this, but I think Bossman delivered such a half-assed shot because he knew, like, this could really fuck this guy up if I hit him at full power. So I'm just going to go, like, 40%. Like, I I mean, yeah. He did... He, the second one, there was definitely a sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think it was There probably- was a sound on the first one, too. Yeah. There was a sound on the first one. And so, and I noticed one other thing. After he did that, the crowd started booing. I don't think the crowd was booing because the big boss man is winning. And so this is going to be one of those things that you're going to notice a shift in crowds. So if this match had taken place in 1992, like a lot of the other matches we've been watching recently, the crowd would have been booing because the bad guy's winning. Now, in 1999, I think the reason they were booing was because those shots were weak as fuck. What? Well, yeah. I think he basically just did a little dinky tap, and then they were like, boo, really hit him. Uh, that's where you started to kind of see more of that. I kind of like that. I kind of like that about wrestling fans, and I, <laughs> and I respect that like that way of thinking about it. But yeah. I, to go back on it, I did not like the whole fan interaction at all in this match. It was fucking lackluster as fuck. Like, it was very bad. But but you're right. I do respect that about the, like, some real fucking shit. Like, sure. Well, who, who 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 takes blame in this scenario? So we did see, as we saw in the ECW, like Al Snow was over as fuck in ECW. People couldn't get enough Al Snow. Not the case now in the WWF, as you can see in 1999. Who's to blame for the lack of crowd response? Is it the fans' fault in this case, or were the guys not bringing it? In I your don't, opinion, I don't know. Like, it was, I mean, it's probably just how you like sell the match, right? Like, if you, sure. if the backstory's there, like you would think the the crowd would get into that story and be like. Fuck, everyone would be like, fuck this guy. Like, we are, we are going to get riled up for the, and just like sure. that, because that could just bring the rest of the match. You just need a little like crowd power in there. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. that could, but it didn't happen. It was like, it was stale as fuck that it was very poor. So the thing, just thinking back to my, because in 1999, I would have been, I, I think I was 16 at the time this, this match actually, and I did not see it live. Uh, I was not intrigued enough to. What was it live? Was it? Where? Yeah. Uh, let's it wasn't like Madison Square Garden or no, okay, no, yeah, no, 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 okay. no. It's from Charlotte. Oh, so nice yeah. place to watch a match. <laughs> the Queen City. Yeah. But yeah, so what, what point was I making? Oh, yeah. So you, you saw the buildup to this match. The... <laughs> You can't assume that wrestling, like, <laughs> wrestling is its own unique breed. If you go too far in, like, a completely nuts direction, you cannot have a guarantee that people are going to follow you and be totally on board with this. I think there is a level of 
this is too ridiculous for us to to really take seriously in this case where you're going to lose the interaction of the people. And I think that is what happened in this scenario was they I, went I get too okay. far for people to actually have an emotional investment. I get that. I think it's a good, you know, that's a fair point. Sure. I do just like in anything like a good crowd interaction. There's nothing like a good crowd interaction. You know, I agree. When they get like swept, and and that's on the WWE for not like bringing them in somehow. If they mm-hmm. couldn't get them with the with the backstory, they got to get them like some somewhere else. Like, and you did know, and the one of the first things you said as we were watching it was how slow paced the match. It was, was. very slow paced. Yeah. Like yeah. even if the the like you said, even if the backstory is maybe a little bit lacking or maybe a little overblown in some cases, that doesn't mean that you can't win them back. Right, get them the involved. Match. Yeah, but like it's started so slow kind of finished slow like the whole thing was slow like yeah (laughs) and the middle was slow and the end was slow and uh yeah they they just never really won people over at any point uh so then to kind of end things out al snow gets handcuffed into the corner of the ring uh boss man starts gloating uh while al snow struggles with the turnbuckle Bossman starts climbing the cage. Al Snow somehow breaks the handcuffs, uh, shakes the cage that Bossman is standing on top of, and then Big Bossman crotches himself uh, on the ropes himself. Uh, and then I have a note here. I'm just going to read it verbatim the way I have, I have it written. Al Snow gives Big Bossman head. Did I say that? I said that oh. in my notes. But you were actually clamoring. You were like, we need to get the head in yeah, here. Yeah. And then just like maybe a minute later... The head emerges. The head, the head did. The head emerge. got the biggest reaction from the crowd of that whole match. It did, but like <laughs> I was expecting because of what we had saw like sure. before this, like everyone like busts out their head and just goes fucking nuts. Like mm-hmm. a, that didn't happen, but uh, it did not. No, that's no, okay. No. It was it was good. I, I like that uh, part of the match. Probably the most exciting part of the match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he clobbers him with the head, and that basically yeah, led to Al yeah. Snow. Uh, climbing out of the cage, uh, drops down to the floor and walks out the door, which, of course, leads to the question of why didn't he do that 10 minutes ago? Nobody knows. So then the dogs go after each other. There's puddles of dog pee all around ringside. The boss man sneaks away without the dogs actually doing anything. And the but dog, he, like, runs. He, he, it was more, uh, it was a, it was He a, was running a little bit. He was like, there was, like. It's a jog. <laughs> it was, yeah, but he was like, I got, like, I got to get away. Like, yeah, I, I need mean, to get out of here. Yeah. And then, of course, as we noted, the dogs all start chasing the boss man with their handlers, of course. And mm-hmm. one of the handlers trips and falls yeah. over the dog. And that is the kennel from hell match. Yeah. So there we go. So from last week, Cactus Jack versus Sting was ranked number seven. So just something to keep in mind. But uh, I'm sure that this match is not going to be anywhere near no, there. No, <laughs> I'm, try- I'm thinking like. <laughs> this has got to be. I mean. It's like in the. It's like. It's it, got to be down towards the bottom. Yeah, it's like it, it's somewhere at 20 to 25. <laughs> How many matches do we have on there right now? Isn't it like almost 30? Fuck, we do have. We have like 33. So there might be a little bit. Wow, more. you're putting it. Okay, I was going to say. I, I was thinking we had 30. <laughs> I was, so it could be like it could be like 23 to 28, I guess. Because I, I kind of like the match. I, kinda, I don't know why. I have no idea like why. I, the, again, the intro, like not the introduction of the wrestlers, but the, I love the cage dropping down. That brings me back. There's some nostalgia <laughs> with that right there. That, literally all it takes <clears throat> is the cage being slowly descended that's while the, it. all the music, the dung, 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 dung music. Like that's all it takes for these matches to get bumped up another five it wasn't, spots. I mean, and you got the lights, you know, there's just, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I, I, I I'm impressed by it. <laughs> um, okay. 
Uh, can I see? So what range are you talking here? You're talking 23 to 28? Somewhere yeah, I'd probably there? put it somewhere in the... You're looking right around the Hulks. <laughs> You're splitting up. Is that what up. you call that section? I mean, that is. I mean, right now, uh, Hulk versus Macho is 24. Oh. And you have like one... T- There's a Hulk and Flair section down towards the bottom. And you you are right down there in the smack smack dab in the middle of the Hulk Flair section. I'll let you look at it one more time. I was just kind of curious. I'm just—I I think I'm trying to just think of a number here. Like, well, don't just think of a number. You got to—we're comparison. It's a comparison between. No, I matches. mean, but like, <laughs> there is a fucking Hulk section right here. There is a Hulk section, it's a Hulk very, and a Flair. Clear, Macho, Undertaker, and Andre. There's a couple of flares sprinkled in there, but Flair, it's mainly yeah. Hulk. <laughs> oh man. What what do you know? What number are you thinking initially? And then I'll try and help like guide 27 you. Twenty-seven is what I'm thinking. Like. God, there's a lot of Hulk matches like down here. Yeah, you have a preference. Uh, what's number 20? Where are you putting this in between? What two matches are you going to nestle this? Are you thinking right now? Um, Hulk versus Andre was 27. 28 was Hulk versus Warrior. Okay, so you're thinking about putting this between Hulk, Andre, and Hulk Warrior? I mean, that's just the kind of the number I'm coming up with. Um, you're not. You're, stop no, doing I, I understand, number things. But you have to like. We're comparing the matches. This is 30 fucking matches, Eric. I'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a novice here. Like I can tell you everything about each of these matches. Okay. Well, Hulk versus Andre. We had the leg up. That's a great move. Everyone loves the leg up. We had the Pontiac Silverdome. 93,000 people in Pontiac, Michigan to see Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. The big body slam. Uh, we had, uh, and then Hulk versus uh, Ultimate Warrior. We had the big bear hug that went on for like five minutes. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Let me. Okay. I'm trying now to think if there's more like redeeming qualities to this match than I'm like, like. Why was I? Why was I not? Why didn't I hate some matches? I just hate going into it. Like mm-hmm. I just know I hate them. And like, why wasn't this one of them? Because it had a cage and music. It did have a cage. Like, I did like the cage. <laughs> That's not a reason to put it like super high, though. Right? I don't think so. But that has nothing to do with the match itself. Like if I just fast forwarded and just hit play once, once everything was, fucking, was down, it was not a good match. Like it was not a good, not a good match. Um, like if I if I just fast forwarded like four minutes and everything was in place, and it was just the boss man entering. There would be nothing redeeming about this match to you. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's a fair point. Okay, that is true, and I agree with that. Um, how about how about yeah, let's go 29. Is OB below Hulk versus Warrior? Okay, so this is underneath Hulk versus... Stop doing that. Just because I'm not using this whiteboard <laughs> anymore. Knock it off. Okay, so this is Hulk versus Warrior. Underneath Hulk versus Warrior. Okay. You know, I was really I was really hoping this was going to be the new number last. I really was. <laughs> um, I don't want it to be last. I, think, I feel like it should be so in the, in the 20s. Um... But it's not good. It's not a good match. <laughs> the, it, it is generally considered to be one of the worst matches of all time. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, up there but, with Jenna and Charmel. Uh, oddly enough, Steiner's versus Harlem Heat is not really in that conversation at all. But it somehow scientifically <laughs> apparently made its way to the bottom on our list right now. I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't know how it did it. Like there was something so intriguing about this match. I don't know the way you sold it. Like it, but like there's something. Something about this match that like kept me kept me into it, but there is after- a match that I know for a fact you will rank at the bottom, but I don't want to subject either of us to it. But I know that I can get a bottom match if I. That just it. sounds like a bad match. 
if you don't want to subject either of us. Like, I thought this was going to be the bottom, oh, or at okay. least in like serious contention. I thought it was going to be. I thought you were going to be wrestling with that decision. I mean, for pretty, you, it was it's pretty, never. It's pretty you, far down, like. But it was never really in consideration for being the absolute worst. This one, yeah, no. There's a match that I can think of because I think I've got a beat on what you. Okay. <laughs> on on what. You should find out if you have that if you have that beat on it, like, and just see, like. I don't. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it to either of us. If, see if you've really got a thorough. If, like, if we do not have a new, if we don't have a new last place match by like, <laughs> it sounds even ridiculous. If by episode fifty, we don't have. I, <laughs> I knew that was going to be your reaction. If we do not have a new last place match by episode fifty, episode fifty one will be the match that I'm thinking of. And I'm saying this out loud because Ryan's not going to remember any of this. So we will. True. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got that in my back pocket and it's, that's my ace in the hole, but we'll, we'll see how that goes, but there we go. So that's, that's the, that's the match. We have a new number 29 on the kennel from hell in our 34 match list. And, uh, next episode. You know, maybe it's because I picked the match. Maybe it's because I picked this. <laughs> it just, like, held a little bit more that, with me. Like, Yeah, no. It, it, I, I can't, like, figure it out because it's a fucking bad match. Like, but Yeah. If I told you right now we have to go watch that match Yeah, I think if time. you had picked this, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that might be what it is. So I can't let you choose anymore is yeah, the idea yeah. now. Okay, got it. Well, now, now we've got it sorted out. Okay, fair enough. Well, we, we've got the science. The science is, well, that science is done. But I actually have, for everyone's favorite segment, uh, much better than than Ryan's Corner. Everyone, you know, all the feedback I've gotten is saying, you know, Eric's Wisdom Tree yeah. is just so good. And in fact, I'm going to try something, Ryan. Bear with me for just a moment. This is, this is the production value that we got going into this thing these days. Are you ready? Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to... Eric's wisdom tree. It's nice. That's that's very good. I like that. I've got got a piece of science wisdom. Mm -hmm. We're going to test this right now, Ryan. I hope that you're not too filled with beverages (laughs) because I have some extra beverages that we have to to perform science on. Oh, okay. Let me, I'm going to finish this this beer that I'm drinking right now. Bear with me for one moment. Should have warned me. I'll be right back for the wisdom. Are you hiding it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm back. And I have the things that I was talking about. So one thing that came up on a recent episode, I don't remember the exact number. I have to catch my breath because I sprinted a little bit to go get these things. So one thing that came up recently was the fact that I've never actually drank root beer. So what I have is two uh, root beers. What kind do you have? So I have dad's old-fashioned root beer. It's caffeine-free. I don't know if root beer is always caffeine-free or not. I also... Root beer is caffeine-free. Well, there you go. Then it's so you know. true to form. Yeah. And this other one is the original Bulldog Unleash the Taste original handcrafted root beer. Dad's is a good choice you went with. I'm a little surprised you didn't go with like... A&W or something? Yeah. 
I, I just I saw these and I'm like, it's you know, fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's well, we're gonna we're gonna do the science. So yeah. you're an experienced root beer man. Absolutely. I'm. I have never had root beer before. I can't. I know. In America. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is mean? possible? Like. Oh, well, that's possible anywhere, but like you know, why would it's a I mean, staple here? I always drank Coke. Why would I ever choose root beer for Coke? It doesn't make sense or Sprite. You know, I don't. I don't know. Sprite's good, but it doesn't mean you can't have root beer along. How should we do this? I can get a couple of taster things, and we can try. Let's get a couple of taster things. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. then we can just pour some in. Okay, let yeah. me let me grab those. It's gonna be like a like a mukbang, but with root beer. What did we try last time? It was a cookie. Was that on? Oh, that was a while ago, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the uh, Maui cookie lady. Mm-hmm. What, how should we do this? Should we open up both and then we each try both or should we do one at a time? What do you think? You just try the same one. Eat, okay. Right? Yeah. Which one should we do first? Dad's because you're more familiar with it? That's is fine. Is that scientifically valid? I've never tried the other one. Well, that's what I'm saying is maybe we should use Dad's as a base yeah. because you're familiar. Yeah, that's fine. It's caffeine-free. So all root beers caffeine free. Well, you say that, but do we know scientifically that it is? So you probably haven't had like it's not your it's not your father's root beer. No, I, okay. I know of it, but I've never had it's it. It's an interesting thing to. It's different, but it's is it good? Should, uh, yeah, it is. It's like it tastes like root beer, which is surprising because <laughs> it's like six percent alcohol. Like oh oh yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, that's, so sorry, that's why you're. You can't drink more than one. You'd like be sick to your stomach, but. <laughs> Let's try this out. Pouring my so I just poured Ryan his. I'm pouring myself. Was this the uh, Washington Beer um, Festival? It's a Belgian fest. The the uh, glasses, the tulip glasses that we are drinking is from the uh, Washington State Brewer or Belgian Brewers Fest. Mm. Which got a couple of these. They're not like. See now that I'm smelling it, I know why I've never drank root beer. Uh, this smell is familiar, and it smells like uh, it's such toothpaste. a taste. <laughs> It's got like a toothpaste fluoride smell. Not, it does. Okay. When I used to drink soda, I don't really drink it anymore. Same. Um, but like at the time, like I, like I even smoked cigarettes. <laughs> wait, wait, it, what? <laughs> you would smoke cigarettes and drink soda? Not like at the same time, but like I, like I was smoking at the time. Were I was you like, like a nine-year-old kid? Like some sort of baby just. It was nine to 19. Wait, what? No. Oh, oh! You weren't drink. It, you weren't smoking from. No, I was like nineteen years old. Okay, but like what we realized <laughs> is that like menthol, like cigarettes, had this like really like interesting like interaction with with fucking root beer for uh-huh. some reason. Like, because everything kind of tastes disgusting when you smoke cigarettes. It's just kind of a gross thing. Like, yeah. But like root beer had like this really like weird interaction with like menthol cigarettes. So like I don't know if that's like toothpastey or like. like Okay, so it was not good. A, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I can't remember specifically what it was, but like a really positive interaction. Okay, so I don't know. That's why you're getting a toothpaste kind of. I mean, I don't smoke, so I don't know. But all right, here's here's my first sip of Dad's root beer live on air. Going to do some science. Yeah, that's okay. It's probably one of the best. So Is it really? Not this one, but like root beer in general. I Dad's like, I still think like if you want like. A, the the real like experience sometime maybe i'll bring bring some over like an a and w sure um but How? but like if you haven't experienced root beer like this is a great first step because like root beer is just root beer like yeah i mean the way you talked about root beer you made it sound like it was going to be this revolutionary thing this is uh this is fine but it's like a distinct like you have coke and pepsi sure which are like the kind of just the same thing 
And then you have Sprite, which is like your lemon lime seven up, like Mountain Dew is a little bit different. Sure, yeah. But then you have root beer, which is like on its island of its own, like with flavor. Like it's totally different <laughs> than what you would like. An island of flavor in total. It's yeah. just like it's it's weird. Yeah, it's what like what is it? Like I can't I mean it's it's got a little umami to it. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. Oh wow, you just you polished that off. Love root beer. I'm yeah. still working on mine. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty more if you need it. And it also like you can taste this and you can sip it, but it really goes good like in a glass with ice. Like with some, like a burger or pizza. Okay. Like interesting. Like a, as a refreshing. This is, I mean, not say it's warm. It's not. It's yeah. It's in a. It was straight from refrigerator. <laughs> for the record. But you throw some ice on this. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I I can't. The thing that keeps throwing me off is the smell of it. Every time I'm like bringing it to my lips, I keep smelling toothpaste, like Crest. I, I, can't, I can't shake the crest. I'm just wondering if it's that menthol thing. Like, I don't know. Like, is it, Quit implying that I'm a smoker. I'm not. Menthol is like a mint. <laughs> I'm just wondering why. Because I, I don't smell like toothpaste at all. I don't get what you're like. But I'm wondering if that's. Yeah, I don't know. It's hmm. very strange to me. I don't, I'm not sure. So I mean, you, I'll finish what I have poured but, for myself. But I'm, I'm not enjoying it that much. Fuck. It's not, I don't hate it. But I would never go out of my way to purchase this ever again. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I mean, that's fine like I'm not like yeah. that shocked by that like mm-hmm. I there I know some people don't like root beer but like for you to have gone as long as you have in life without trying root beer like living in America the whole time like <laughs> quit mentioning America as part of this you, I, I don't appreciate it's a fucking staple of this country the connotation it's not it is it, no it's not Bargs Coca Cola no fuck is not. a staple of I don't like you. Coke. I don't like Coke. What? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really like Pepsi. I don't like Pepsi either. Hmm. I'm not like a fan of one or the other. I just don't really like the cola like flavor. Um, I like <laughs> okay. Sprites. Like I like sure. that. Yeah. Mountain Dew is my good one. <laughs> yeah, you're a Mountain Dew Coke red guy. Yeah, <laughs> we've established that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. Like, but I cola was not really my thing. So the smell of this thing is fucking. That's torturous. so. W- it's so <laughs> bad to me. Yes. Like if I maybe I should just plug my. I nose think there's probably something like you. There's probably a reason you didn't like root beer then. Like they, now that I'm drinking this yeah. and smelling it, now I remember like smelling this as a child and be like, no, I'm not interested. What the this. fuck? Like you're not getting any menthol-y mintiness out of this? I told you about the menthol thing. Like, this is the first I'm, I'm not, hearing of it. I'm not getting any like toothpaste like kind of uh, okay. vibes. Yeah. Right. This is dad. I mean, this is, should, I mean, sure, dad's, isn't it a local brand too? Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I think we went wrong with dealing with dad's. It is like a famous root beer, <laughs> but said, like. You said I chose crud. <laughs> you should have gone like, I think the two that you should have done. From Indiana. Hmm. And you probably wouldn't have liked either of these either. Is like, yeah. you should have gone Barg's or in A&W. Yeah, Barks has bite. I remember that. The, the, this is before your time, but they used to do commercials where people would suck their faces in. They look like old man face without teeth. Ah, that's that, funny. And that was Barks had bite. That's what they would do. It was pretty hilarious. You know what I don't like? I don't like these. No, go on. <laughs> they have these ads that are like cartoons from the 40s, and they just like, they're just like. You know, you're watching like, a documentary about something serious, and they'll show like all these like old ads from like the 40s, 50s, like you know, cartoons. Though, they're or like, just car- ads. They're car- they're cartoonish ads, or they're even maybe just like cartoons from like back in the day. Like you know, I think I know what you mean. They're just fucking stupid, and they're all like <laughs> like the most like propaganda fucking like shit. Like you can. <laughs> 
I mean, the only thing I can think of, and I don't know if this is necessarily what you're talking about, but I remember like the old, uh, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, like the movie theater thing. I'm sure that's something like it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I imagine, I don't know. Like, specific, so you don't like 1940s cartoons? Is that what your point is right now? I fucking hate them. Like, <laughs> I, I despise them. Like, I think it's like disgusting. What the, what? I, I don't, don't know. Like, I just, I don't like it. I think it's like, I think like back in those days, it was just, what is it exactly you don't like? I think you they were like always the trying to sell this idea of like something with these fucking stupid cartoons. And they're just like, and they're so stupid. Like, how do people like buy into that? Like at the time, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's what, just. So tell me what it is. So, so you don't like the use of 1940s cartoons in current day documentaries? No, I, I do like them. I just don't like the fact that like. <laughs> I do like them because I think I think they're referencing like an important point about when they use them in documentaries. I just don't like them back and like people used to watch this and be like, "That's funny. That's just like (laughs) that's some good humor right there." What are you talking about? What do you give me an example? You talking Looney Tunes? Not Looney Tunes. That was like more like that was more like probably eighties, nineties. Like no. But they like came to. I mean, I, when I think of Looney Tunes, I think of like Space Jam, and I know I was referencing a cartoon before this, but like, uh huh. I'm talking about like, like, I don't have a good example. Like, um, I'm gonna need a good example here. Like, like, like Flintstone ish, Flintstone ish type of cartoons, but like even further back from the <laughs> 40s or 50s when they were like, I'm gonna say, okay. Well, we can maybe re re go back to this, but I'm gonna send you some we stuff, need, and I'm gonna show you what to. I what I don't like. And it it just when you talked about like the Bargs root beer like commercial, like it yeah. reminded me of that. That wasn't a cartoon though, for the record. That was like uh, a old man with no teeth. Oh god damn it! I totally fucked that up. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that might have been funny. Like I thought it was a cartoon, and like no, I was, it wasn't. It was okay. just an old man with no teeth. That's all. I will bring one to the table that I don't like. Oh, and, please, um, I and don't. Check. I have no idea what you're referencing right now. This is so. I because you, you don't old, know those like very common like very like old cartoons. Like they just like. And they're all gimmicky, and they're all like, you know, like they oh, were advertisements. They're they're advertisements. Some were on, some were just. That's how they made cartoons back in the day. But they're all like <laughs> the humor in them is so fucking ridiculous. For, for like, the record, for the record, uh, there were other cartoons that were not advertisement cartoons, Ryan. Uh, back in the forties and fifties that you're talking about, Mickey Mouse existed back then. Looney Tunes existed back then. Those were very prominent cartoons. When did Looney Tunes? It was that forties, fifties. Definitely, yes. Okay. Yeah, they 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 were like World War Two cartoons. I of, also, as a kid, didn't really like cartoons in general. That's um, so completely like, unsurprising. Cartoon Network, like yeah, like so, but so, but but it's specifically like the older ones are very okay. frustrating. Um, There's that word again, frustrating. I'm I'm just so you know for for next episode, little teaser. Yeah, I've started uh, creating a Ryan Murphy dictionary. I will begin. Uh, uh, oh. telling people about some of the entries in the Ryan Murphy dictionary okay. with with their Ryan Murphy definitions uh, next episode. Good. I'll have to add frustrating to the list because <laughs> that is one of the common Ryan Murphy words. That is we it have. just words that I say like repeatedly? Like it's words that you use mm. on the program and uh, and my interpretation of of their meaning to you in your in your mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll so, be interesting to listen to. Uh, should we open up? I think the, we should we should try this one. The bulldog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to impress you. Man. Well, I mean, it's artisan. It's an artisan uh, artisan beverage. Where is so the other one was bottled in Muckleteo. 
what why did you go with these ones they were just uh i just saw them mm. and i was like you know what i've never had root beer i've got at least some- you branched out a little bit like oh ah no So I'm going to have to do some creative editing there. But uh, so I opened up as a first strike against this root beer. Again, this is Bulldog brand root beer. Unleash the taste. Uh, it, it, it exploded all over me and we had to do some some cleanup. But we're back now. I'm going to pour a little bit for both of us. Have you ever had someone have like a massive spill like wine on like not their carpet? Like a dramatic, like, and like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, have I ever done that to somebody? Or like, seen it? Like at your house? Like, mm, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen. I've, I've had it happen to me in my house. It's yeah, fucking traumatic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've only had it. I've never had it happen here in my home, but I have had it at like apartments that I've been before, and like, it's hard. It's easier to just sort of dismiss and be like, eh, not yeah. my fucking place. Uh, but yeah, once you're like a homeowner and you see that shit, then that is a little jarring in that moment. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to pour this. I think it smells better already. Maybe Dad's just really like, you know, not high quality stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm trying this- to think where they serve Dad's. I don't know, it's been a while since I've been in the root beer game. There you go. Well, we're, we're getting back into it today. Again, the most scientific episode of Hard Mark Yacht. Uh, bottoms mm. up. This one's not as good. Uh, it's a little less minty smelling. It's got like a creamier. I think I like it better. Uh, no. It's not as root beerish. <laughs> the science doesn't match up yeah. for you? Okay. All right, noted. Uh, Some root beer does this. It's like, this is weird, like... I get why people would like it, but for me, I like a really straight, like, right to the point root beer. Bargs or NW, I think, is my... Well, I mean, I think root beer floats are a thing. I know that you got poo-poo problems, and you probably steer clear <laughs> I, of them. I love root beer floats. Do you? If I get the chance, like, I don't, obviously, I don't drink root beer or eat ice cream that often, but sure. together. But sure. this this seems like it would be better a better compliment might be, yeah. to, the, to the ice cream. For, for some people. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Not for you. Okay. I like regular root beer. This sure. is this is fine. It's just not. Okay. Yeah. So dad's wins this contest in in your eyes. I would choose dad's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there there we have it. And then my my verdict uh, to kind of finish out our little root beer taste test here. Um, I'll probably go another thirty seven years without drinking anymore. But yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, and that is Eric's wisdom tree. Root beer, mm, you don't need any. <laughs> <laughs> but you should have had some maybe a little bit after like 30, how, 37 years. I mean, that's debatable. And I, just, I, I don't understand. There's not much to understand I, besides. I don't get it. Like, like a, pass, a passable beverage at best. Okay. <clears throat> and next episode, episode 30, the death march. De- death march. <laughs> the death. Oh, we should have called it the death <laughs> march to the march, death match. Yeah. God damn it. I just thought of that. That's. Oh, it would have been a good promotional tactic. Oh, well, next time. Um, so, so episode 30 coming next time. Uh, as promised, Ryan and I will drink uh, a fair amount of beverages. Uh, hopefully, I'm really hoping that we don't get so far drunk that it's like unlistenable. It's just drunk people yelling at each other. I want to get to like a nice, loose and conversational drunk. That's what I'm hoping for. 
Are you like tempering me already? Like, no, no. I mean, you're. Uh, I'll. I will rein you in if it if it becomes necessary. But you go as far down that path as necessary. Yeah. So okay. there. Yeah. So deathmatch episode coming next time. Uh, that'll feature Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk and probably a couple of other highlights from elsewhere within the tournament to crown the king of the deathmatch. Uh, Ryan, anything else you want to impart to our listeners? That's we- it. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's all you're going to get out of them. So no more. And to finish things out, everybody, if you're not if you're not hard, you should get hard. And once you get hard, you should stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. Ridged in a dildo-like fashion. Big black dildo. Dildo.